and welcome everybody. Just give me one more second here. Hold on. Let's see. Jack a dull boy. Okay. Just topping up some uh, some nice notes for the show later on. Some little segues there. Yeah. Uh, but this is a special edition. Uh, we've got Charles and Kelly and all three of us back in the house for some 31 days of horror. So let's 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 go, guys. How's it going? Woo! All right. Well, it's going well. Uh, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention that it's been a freaking year since we were all together and did this. All three of us. Oh my. Is that the last time we did this? Though? Yeah, when we burned our mouths with the spicy wings. Uh, but in the meantime, Kelly, you've done 50-50 with us, the Hannibal Lecter series. Mm-hmm. And then there's been the whole Andy Sedaris movies, the Lethal Lady series, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's that whole thing. We've wow. been keeping it classy up in here with the Lethal well, Lady Well, not, not us. Not us. Uh, Marky <laughs> and Charlie Wichita have. That's theirs. We, uh, as in, it's just awesome and good, bad podcast. But yeah. Well, when's the last official one right. you did, Mark? When's the last one you did? I don't know. It's been so long, I can't even remember. Okay, well, it's been, so, uh, it's been a while, so uh, let's, I guess, dive right in. Uh, we're doing the uh, 31 Days of Horror recap. We do this uh, every year, uh, and, and this year, the, the particular theme is Malevolent Spirits, and uh, we just want to talk about a few of the movies that we, we, we did. I just want to say, this is part nine, you guys. Can you believe we've been doing this for nine years? It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this is Jack Nicholson. But no, uh, so we've been doing it nine years and this is level of spirits, the theme. But I was thinking next year for, you know, the 10th episode or 10th, whatever version of it, that we do uh, kind of a no theme thing, you know? I like that. So, yeah, that way, uh, just kind of uh, throw everything in there, right? Like whatever we want to do, (laughs) whatever sticks, hopefully. Uh, Because, I mean, if I want to do a whole bunch of 80s films, I'm probably going to throw that in. You guys know that. Uh, but anyway, back to this one. Um, I was just thinking that we could uh, we'd start with uh, the uninvited, the earliest one. Um, that's the one that I wanted to put on there, and uh, we'll we'll just we'll talk about that first. But uh, we're just going to briefly mention it now. But the uninvited, nineteen forty four. It's a movie that Kelly and I very much disagree with. And so uh, that was the main reason I actually wanted to do tonight's episode. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a very divisive film, I think. And then uh, Kelly also, uh, she wanted to add burnt offerings to this list. Um, that's another one I think, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder how we're going to discuss that one. We'll see. No, you know, I reviewed So if I was picking only from, from the movies that I was task but this time like there were probably movies that i would say were better quote unquote um as far as their actual quality like production value and all these things but i just really love burnt offerings and i just wanted to talk about it with you because i know you watched it and um i thought it was a really fun movie and yeah i guess it was in between ugly and good for me so i I just felt more strongly about it than I thought I was going to, so that's why. Well, like I said, we can talk about any movie you want to. I mean, it didn't have to be your favorite. Uh, I think Mark's talking about The Shining and Doctor Sleep, so that's uh, <laughs> that's the those are the two movies he picked. So because he wanted them kind of together on this thing, kind of comparison, I think. That's right, Charles. That's right. <laughs> no, I can't even. That's guys. Uh, and yeah, I like The it. Shining. So iconic. I went back and rewatched it, and uh, I had signed up to to watch and do the review for Doctor Sleep, and did not realize it was a sequel. Uh, what? Until I like started watching it, and looking up trivia. So I was, yeah, yeah, I was, and I'm, you know, 
I'm a pretty big Stephen King fan. I don't read a ton of his stuff, but I was excited to know. But you didn't know it was a sequel when you picked it. That's right. Yeah. Wow. On total accident. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew Doctor Sleep was Stephen King. I just didn't know it was a sequel. So, but um, so I'm, I'm excited well, to get it. I learned something already this podcast. Uh, so I guess uh, what do you guys want to start the uh, segueing? Let's start with the uninvited and who's uh, who's doing the synopsis? I don't even know. I haven't looked at it. Well, let me. Well, let's segue. And Kelly, do you want to do the synopsis after I segue into it? Sure. All right. So, because you know, the uninvited is all about um, how all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, right? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so hit us with that synopsis. Yes. So in that, uh, w- w- with that lovely lead-in, yeah. a composer and his sister discover that the reason they are able to purchase a beautiful Gothic seacoast mansion very cheaply is the house's unsavory past. All right. And here's the trailer. This is the voice of the uninvited. It's coming from downstairs. It comes from everywhere and nowhere. A house of terror on the haunted cliffs of Cornwall, where the uninvited walk unseen by men. Yet a cat arches its back in fright. Flowers are withered by the touch of an unseen malignant hand. Candles flicker and die as a ghostly chill fills the air, and the living are clutched by the icy horror of the restless dead. Stop, Pamela. Don't go near that door. The Uninvited, Dorothy McCardle's gripping novel of the supernatural, comes to the screen, starring Raymond Land, Ruth Hussey, Donald Crisp, with Cornelia Otis Skinner, and introducing the exciting beauty of Gail Russell, whose first love is shadowed by the specters of the past. Stella, what is it? Are you ill, Stella? Quiet. Leave her alone. Oh, God. Oh, God. Stop her, Scott. She's in a trance. I saw this happen once before at a seance. I thought it was a fake. But this isn't. I know. It's dangerous. Please get out of this house now. Now lie there quietly. I'm not afraid of anything here. Don't be afraid. Be afraid for heaven's sake. When you were a little child, the evils of this house reached out for you. Stella, go! Go! There's the trailer for the uninvited, um, yeah. which is weird because I didn't, I didn't see. <laughs> was Elizabeth Banks in that trailer? No, no, she wasn't in this trailer. I think they were trying to downplay her involvement, let it be a okay. surprise. Yeah, <laughs> that was what I found that odd. Well, yeah, a little bit watching that trailer because it didn't look like the. Well, speaking of the movie, though, did you see that twist coming? I mean, I did not. I was caught off guard. I, I don't know about you. No, I did not. Yeah, that the, that the sister wasn't alive the whole time. Wait, wait, hold on! Whoa, spoiler, man! Spoiler! Oh, what are you doing? Sorry, yeah. What are you doing? But I liked how they centered on the teenage, like the teenager lifestyle. Yeah, uh, and they really nailed that just realistically. Oh, I agree. I think there was probably a, a lot of good metaphors in this movie dealing with the anxiety of being a step parent, a stepchild. You know, Kelly, what did you think? 
<laughs> um, I don't, I don't know what you're discussing, but okay. So, so last Saturday, Charles and I. Last Saturday, Charles came to to see me at the farmer's market. I was selling some of my stuff. And I started talking to him about this movie. And it was like, yeah, Elizabeth Banks is crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. (laughs) The Uninvited 2019 or whatever year. There's another movie Uh, called The Uninvited that I watched. Yeah. And and it was a horror movie. And I thought. So anyway. um, Oh, my gosh, Mark. So but we decided to pretend that we had watched the. I did see this one as well. But. uh yeah, he did watch the 1944 one. He really did. I just watched today. Yeah, oh, I wow. could vouch for that. But uh, but yeah, I, I just thought it was hilarious when he told me that story. He's watching the wrong movie, <laughs> <laughs> so I so said we had to include it. Yeah, I was like Elizabeth it, Banks as an oocyte. I don't. Well, I, I want to ask: Is the Elizabeth Banks one connected at all? Is it a remake of the original? No, no, no. In fact, I went back. The the Elizabeth Banks movie is a remake of a of a I think Japanese film called A Tale of Two Sisters, so it has nothing to do with this with this film at all. Even though there's some slight thematic connections. Got it. Well, it's it's extremely hard to find the original one. I mean, you would think it being a Criterion and all that, it'd be easier to get across. But I, I went to the store. I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Um, movie Trading Company. You can get it on Amazon, but it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why it's not available to be streamed. I, I don't yeah. get that. I mean... There were a few movies on this list. I was like, why can I not find these? Cause that happened uh, with the others as well, which I thought that was... A pretty popular, well-known movie. Couldn't find it anyway. It is, yeah. But but I mean, like that's a very famous movie, right? I mean, am I yes. am I crazy? Do I? No, you're not like crazy it at all. It no, deserves? it was not streaming anywhere. I'm like, thank goodness I've seen it already. Yeah, but uh, but you know, it's funny because the you told me you liked it, you liked the effects, and that it was creepy. So that's the reason I wanted to watch the Uninvited. I was excited I really, about it. I mean, I I wondered whether you would like it as much as I did, but. I didn't think that you would dislike it as much as you did, so I was really quite crushed. Well, I didn't. I, I maybe my reviews. I don't want it to be as harsh as what it came across. I don't think I feel a little bit about bad about it, but it's. I, I don't really like the movie though. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's the goofy tone, especially that end line. You know the. It, it almost feels like a parody or some sort of weird slapstick comedy. You know the. She could have been my mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, that line. Yeah, I mean, to me, that was just like a sign of the times. Like, that was the sort of thing they always tried to stick in there, those little zingers. But it didn't It didn't feel like something that was trying to be a parody, to me, anyway. Well, and then, you know, even if you can get past the tone and be a sign of the times, what's up with the huge age difference between the two, the, the, the lead yeah. and, and the girl? No, I, I agree with that. Actually. I, it is, it is weird. That's not my favorite. I, I, it's funny because I really, I've decided that I really don't like Ray Milland just <laughs> in general, but I like a lot of movies that he's in. So it's like I, a poor man's Cary Grant. I just he, kept picturing Cary Grant the whole time. Well, and the other thing is, too, would either one of you move in with your sibling like that? I, I, I don't know. I can't imagine moving in with my sister. Nothing against my sister. I just can't imagine that thing, you know? I, I don't know. Well, you'd have to both have to be like bachelors or, or spinsters or single. And, but it, it does seem odd to move in with a sibling. Yeah. I think in any era. Well, in that sense, anyway. You know what I mean? It's just weird. 
And but okay, but having said all of those critiques, and as I said, I don't really like the movie. I don't want you to think I hate it. I, I, I don't hate it. And honestly, so I confess. I mean, I. So I wrote that review five years ago, and <laughs> my feelings about because you, you in your review, Charles, you referenced like a quote from my initial review saying this is my favorite type of scary movie. Yeah, so, I did. I guess defend my previous position while still not completely backtracking from it because what I <laughs> at that point I had seen so few scary movies really I mean and so yes my one of my qualities that I looked for in a scary movie was that it was not that scary <laughs> and apparently borderline not even a horror film um, and I of course like it's no surprise to anyone here I, I love old films and I, I really liked so many things about it I love the cinematography I loved the fact that I didn't have nightmares from it I loved um, I yes I agree with everything you're saying like the, the, the brother sister house thing was very strange um, the comedy was a little odd but it didn't prohibit me from liking it at the time, and it doesn't prohibit me from liking it now. Um, are there other? Have I built up my tolerance since then? Absolutely. Are is is what I would qualify as my my favorite type of scary movie the same? No, it is not. Interesting. Um, in fact, I rewatched this movie. I didn't rewatch it this year, but I rewatched it last year with Zach, and I think that was the first time I had seen it since I wrote that review. Um, maybe the third time I can't remember, but. Um, but yeah, it did not. It did not hold up quite as well on the second viewing. <laughs> this, but I this still, reminds me of I, this reminds me of I, when my one of my picks was Tommy Boy, and I was like, <laughs> I remember Chris <laughs> Farley being charmingly yeah. <laughs> energetic, and upon rewatching it, uh, well, uh, Kelly, what's your favorite horror genre now? I mean, do you having said well, that? I mean, okay, so I still don't like sp the paranormal activities of the world. I still really don't like that. Just that stuff just really messes me up. But I love, you know, a high production value and something that really makes you think and creeps you out, but doesn't necessarily prevent you from sleeping ever again. Like something that I can I can deal with more scary things now. I'm quite proud of myself, actually. And that's all thanks to you, Charles. Um, uh, you know, I'm always happy to get someone into horror. You know, you know, I love the genre. So it's it's fun. It's fun when you can turn someone on to something that they previously would have just pushed away. So that's really cool. But my review, like I said, I, I think it may have been a little harsh. I really didn't, I, you know, I really wasn't trying to be harsh. It's just I was just surprised that I didn't like it, I guess. That's that's really all it, it is. And, no, but I mean, I, I really don't think you're wrong. I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I just... You just don't think I'm right. For me, for me, I just don't think you're right. Like, for me, at the time in which I watched it, I was completely charmed by it. Watching it again since then, I'm not as charmed by it, but I still really... Like, it always kind of has a place in my heart now as, as a movie that got me into scary movies. And... I do still think the effects are really cool. I love the ghost. I mean, I think when compared to other movies of the decade, it stands out to me as being really well done. Um, and just no matter how cheesy it is, not being as cheesy as some, it's like so many, because they were trying to make so many monster movies and so many films. There aren't necessarily a ton of ghost movies from that time, but like when you compare it to horror movies in general, I feel like it's pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, I love the effects. What do you think, Mark? Well, I, I liked it just as a... It, just, it didn't feel like a horror movie to me. It felt like a romance with that had two ghosts as characters. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It was it was a nice little mystery, and I could kind of see the plot twist coming about halfway through. But, you know, even so, it was, I, I liked the actress. She was charming, and I enjoyed it. Which one did you like more? The Elizabeth Banks one? <laughs> well, pro- probably this one. The Elizabeth yeah. Banks one had a weird plot twist at the end. It's it just kind of a, it was kind of an odd movie all around. But, um, but yeah. 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 Uh, well, on that note, you guys want to move on? Let's do it. And you know what they say about burnt offerings. We're going from the uninvited to all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. They do say that. <laughs> I'll do it. I've got, I've got here. A family moves into a large old mansion in the countryside, which seems to have a mysterious and sinister power over its new residents. And here's the trailer. It all began as a summer vacation. A young family found a beautiful old house. It had secluded, spacious grounds, a large swimming pool, magnificent furnishings. So you are the people who want to rent this house. What do you mean it's $900 and then it's all ours? Well, there is one other thing hardly a catch they thought it was the answer to their dreams but it was the beginning of a nightmare in this old house up this staircase behind this locked door something lives something strange something powerful something evil stay away from that door it will possess this woman it will destroy this man it will terrify this child and no one can stop it. Burnt Offerings, starring Karen Black. Are you actually trying to tell me that this house is responsible? Oliver Reed. This house is destroying us. Betty Davis. This house is getting so cold. Meredith. And this house will be here long, long after you have departed, you believe me? Eileen Heckert. God, when it comes alive, tell them about it. Tell them what it's like. This door lies a horror beyond imagination. Who is it? Where did it come from? What does it want? When you find out, it will be too late. Burnt Offerings. And that was the trailer for Burnt Offerings, which I have not seen. And so I will just uh, get my Jack Nicholson impression (laughs) and just kind of stare creepily into the camera for my part. Go. (laughs) Okay. well, uh, I liked it a lot. I think it's really good. Um, But I put it on the list mostly because I knew it had to be somewhere on Kelly's radar. I mean, it just. Yeah, exactly. That's why I put it on there for you. Yeah. So Burnt Offerings, I for anyone who does not know, Burnt Offerings and I really uh, it was on my radar, Charles, um, but but briefly before you mentioned it. So I feel like this movie just kind of 
goes undetected in so many different conversations. And it really shouldn't because with as famous of a movie as and, and a book as The Shining is, as much as we all love it, um, this is a huge influence on The Shining. Like, you, it cannot be denied when you when you go to describe the plot to somebody i mean yes it takes place in a home instead of a hotel but there are so many other i mean it's just so similar i can't stephen king has acknowledged it and so i think i mean i said this in my review obviously the shining is a better movie there's no argument for me about that but burnt offerings seemed very original because we I, I i can't say for sure how many horror movies uh, or um haunted house movies existed before burnt offerings it, you know in the 60s and 70s probably it wasn't like the first one but it was very early on in what has now become this very prominent subgenre of horror and it's so I, I think it's very original it's it's kind of a slow burn again it's not extremely scary which makes me enjoy it even more um, but it is very creepy and i think the slow burn pays off uh, some of the <laughs> and i were texting while i was watching this movie and i think karen black i don't something about her face i just <laughs> it, it, i found it a little bit distracting and i was talking to some friends about this and they were like oh it's karen black she was like this big sex symbol in the 70s and i'm like i really but well it is distracting and i I feel bad for even saying it. Yeah, yeah. But but I don't I don't know quite know what it was. It was just it was just weird, right? I I, I don't know. It's, it's distracting. Yeah, that's the right word for it. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, it you is guys are so mean. Strange. I think she's beautiful. But but the movie, you can. I mean, I think it's possible to see parts of it coming, but. I loved the ending. I thought it was really good. I didn't. I did not necessarily see every aspect of that. Well, you know me. I love a good dark and bleak ending. Yeah. I really do. So I love this ending. It was awesome, and and I feel I I think there was still like a little bit of a question mark about it. I think it could be some of the nuances of the ending could be interpreted slightly differently. However, in The Shining, I feel like the ending is. I mean, I love the movie, but like the ending is kind of confusing and you're like, what? Like, was he really there? Because you see in The Shining, you well, I mean, this is a spoiler, I guess, but um, it's pretty famous by this point. Right. Come on, people, go watch it. You you look in the frame and there's Jack Nicholson in the shot from 1921. And it's like, oh, like it just does a slow zoom in on the photo. And and I'm just not sure what exactly what we're supposed to take away from that. Like, has he literally been there the entire time? And if so, how has he had this other life that obviously exists outside of the 1920s? Or if like, is is it a reincarnation thing? I just I've always been really confused by the ending. And I feel like the ending of burn offerings is kind of similar but i but it's it's just cooler and it leaves a little bit less open to interpretation in my opinion well uh yeah i mean it's 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 well, that's true but one of the reasons i thought you might have heard of it but on your radar was because of betty davis i mean that was it's all the famous actors but especially betty davis i know your love for her so that that's a big reason why it's here mm-hmm. so yeah, and 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 you know Betty Davis, you're you're right. I I was initially lured in by by the presence of Betty Davis. Um, this was 
you know Hagor is a is a yeah, near and dear to my heart. I do. Um, she. This was kind of at the end of her <laughs> of her stint as a Haghor lady. I mean, she had done probably five or six already before she did this one. Um, and so, you know, is it the best one? No, but she's great in it as she is in all things. Yeah, she's really great. I, I love her scene in the bedroom with Oliver Reed. I'm not going to spoil anything, but that... That moment of terror on both of their faces, it would just the whole movie really connects for me that that at that point. Yes, and and just beyond that, Charles, I mean I, I don't want to say the spoiler either, but like the scene pretty immediately after was also excellent in my opinion. Um and very scary. Like that was maybe maybe the scariest maybe maybe in, at least in the top three scariest moments of the movie. Um there are yeah there, it, this is not a movie that has a bunch of jump scares it's not a movie like it's kind of just unsettling in different ways yeah that's that's and a good there word are for maybe it. two or three moments that you're like oh crap you know and and it is if not scary then incredibly chilling um so i i think it's it's better than it seems at first blush. So I recommend I mean, if it. there aren't that many intense scenes, that trailer was showed them all. Cause that was a pretty, uh, pretty intense trailer. Well, I mean, the whole movie is super intense and creepy. I know the trailer gave too much away, but, but I really liked mm-hmm. it too. I, I did. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I was going to, but, um, shall we move on to the shining? Is <laughs> ready? That's right. Charles. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's transition here. Hold on. I got the transition into the shining. Well, I have the synopsis here. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, here's when the segue actually makes sense. That uh, it does. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Got it. And then Charles, you got the synopsis. That was just my <laughs> clever segue. Okay. These are the clever segues I got on the typewriter. Well, you didn't. Let me, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> you didn't let me finish my work, Charles. <laughs> I'm gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna <laughs> bash your head in. Um, anyway, here we go. So, uh, a family heads to. Or can you read? A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter, where a sinister presence influences the father into violence, while his That's psychic right. son sees horrific forebodings from both past <laughs> and future. I don't suppose they. Uh, Here's the trailer. Told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970? Hired a man named. Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> that's right. Mom? Do you really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is uh, the tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. Like you died. I killed you with Danny. You did this to I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Mm. 
<laughs> All right, and that was The Shining, starring Jack Nicholson as the dull boy. Uh, classic. My this was my shortest review on Thirty One Days of Horror because it's like it's all it's, it's such a uh, film that understands itself. I think and is such a organic, complete thing that I mean you can discuss it a lot, but it's it's one of those movies that's perfect in a way. Uh, at least in the aesthetic and the tone and the mood it sets, it's just like there's it's, there's nothing you can argue with with that with the vision of Kubrick with that. Unless you're Stephen King, he said something about it's it's it was too much of a the visuals like it was it was visually stunning and captivating but not not scary and not accurate to the book. Well, I don't know if this is accurate to the book, but there's a a lot of hidden stuff in the movie. Uh, it has a whole past future vibe going on where you really can't right. tell when the movie is supposed to take place especially as winter sets because it's at like this very isolated location so it's kind of bizarre in that way but there's also a lot of like sexual undertones going yeah. on I think uh, maybe even hints of like sexual assault uh, you never know like exactly what they mean when they talk about uh, Jack attacking Danny before what exactly happened but there are some some odd things that involve like you know sex uh for instance uh, there's the uh when he jack jingleson's in the lobby in the beginning of the movie he's waiting on the hotel people uh he's sitting in the lobby reading a copy of playgirl magazine and it's nothing against homosexuals or anybody that might read that magazine it's just it's a very odd thing to do in public that's pretty brazen and pretty odd sexually to do that and the fact that nobody comments on it is another thing too um especially because they portray him as a heterosexual male in, in a family you know and um so there's that yeah there's also the um the thing with the the guy in the dog suit or bear suit or whatever it is being submissive to the guy in bed that iconic shot you know that the wife sees and what does that mean and is it her is it is it too much to read into it that maybe she's you know, learning of something her husband did to her son, or is that, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, the more you watch the movie, the more you notice. And Kubrick was such a perfectionist. He wouldn't have put anything in there that wasn't intentional. So there's that. Um, but, but going back to Stephen King and him not liking the movie, I think I read one of the things I read was that he didn't like Jack Nicholson in the role um, because Jack Nicholson was kind of crazy from the beginning instead of the way the character was, you know, written. And again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. But supposedly the character is written to it's a more gradual change. Right. And Nicholson is crazy. And I could I could tell you that that's from from the beginning of this. He is crazy when they're even when they're driving in the car. You know, it's, he's just crazy. But also, how much of that is the way he's playing it and how much of that is just Nicholson's demeanor and his face. Like I, yeah, have I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him play something that didn't come across yeah. that way. I think he can't help it. Well, as good as it gets. Well, yeah, but he's still even in that. He's still a he's kind jacket, of lecherous jack still. Butt. And like jackpot, there's a quality there that I mean I do agree. I, I agree. I like that movie a lot, but like, I don't think he's totally non Nicholsony. Yeah. But going back to the going back to the hidden stuff there, I had had seen an article a long time ago where it, it mentions that the the wife is often portrayed with the Native American uh, imagery, like she's even wearing a frayed uh, beaded thing at one point, and she's pictured in front of some of the tapestries that were Native American. And whereas Jack Nicholson wears the red 
uh, white and like he's got a white and blue flannel shirt a lot and a red jacket for the like American imagery. And so there's there's a little bit of like historical political overtone or undertones as well that Kubrick works in. It's kind of cool. Was the did they say this in the beginning that the hotel was, was built on like a Native American graves? Is it is that kind of what it is? Kind of like poltergeist? They said that at the beginning, right? The guys. Right. Okay. I also have not read the book. It's it's one I desperately want to read, but haven't gotten around to yet. Um, which I assume he goes into it more there. But I think it's left open. And and Kelly mentioned the time, or maybe Char. I mean, you mentioned not knowing, and then Charles mentioned the time thing, past and future. But I had I had read some something else that mentioned that the voice that he hears, that Dan hears, is himself from the future, like warning him about what's what's going to happen. Yeah, I've heard that too, and uh, I, you know, that's that's it's another one of the things that the movie didn't really explore, so uh, it's a little confusing the way that it is. Um, but it's interesting. It's, but uh, but I was going to say real quick, the uh, I really like the 4K Blu-ray of this. It is mm-hmm. one of the best restorations I've ever seen. It's yeah. amazing. I yes, agreed. One of my favorite horror movies. One of my favorite movies in general. Yeah, uh, that was that was an excellent because I I have not gotten as much into the like if I'm really passionate about a movie like sure I'll buy the Blu-ray but like I I, I don't specifically seek them out necessarily but when you told me about that one Charles I had to get it and it is worth it it was choice so beautiful yeah yeah choice very nice. <laughs> and this era is crazy because Amityville Horror came out a year before this and there's there's a lot ton of similarities with the kind of the the dad figure slowly going insane in this house and then you had burnt offerings that was 76 or 77 76. Um, and they weren't necessarily all influencing one another because you assume it took Stephen King a couple years to write the book. Well, when did the book um, come out? Uh, the book came out only like 77. And so, I mean, it could have been influenced by Burnt Offerings, but but even then, it, I mean, I'm sure he was writing it for more than a year. Um, well, and Burnt Offerings was a book as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. That I didn't know. And then Amityville Horror is based on a real family who lived in the house and they kind of concocted this this fake story that the lawyer later revealed was fake. But but that was it was all within the same like five years, all this this kind of iconic haunted house slash hotel stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. All right. We're ready to go uh, into the sequel. Yeah. Sure. All right. So this is kind of cool because we're going from The Shining to All Work and No Play makes Jack a dull boy. Okay. Oh, well, that wasn't the synopsis. Okay, Dr. Sleep. Do you want to do it, Kelly? Do you have it up? Sure. Yeah. Uh, years following the events <laughs> of The Shining, uh, a now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. And here is the trailer. I set you up so fluidly for that <laughs> synopsis. I don't get it. When I was a kid, There was a place. A dark place. They closed it down and let it rot. But the things that lived there... They come back. Not many ride the bus this far north. You're running away from something? (gasps) 
away from myself, I guess. Hi. You can hear me. You're magic. Like me. I don't know about magic. I always called it The Shining. The world is a hungry place. A dangerous place. These people, they hurt people like us. These hunted devils, they'll eat what shines. And they've noticed that little girl. Wow, hi there. Get out of my head! Get out! I haven't felt power like that in so They're coming. There's a place. You sure you want to do this? I'm ready. Yes, you run, dear. And then I will find you. And you will scream for years. And there we have Dr. Sleep, a, what, I forgot the adjective I used, but this is a really good sequel to a really iconic movie slash book franchise, which is kind of, which is rare, I think. Sometimes they just completely blow the sequel. This was great. Yeah. I loved it. What about y'all? Oh, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, but the director had a really difficult task. I mean, he had to basically adapt a Stephen King novel but tie it to the Kubrick film that Stephen King hated, which is an iconic film that everyone knows. How do you do that? You know, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And it felt more like a Stephen King style movie with with the knot and the kind of cultish stuff going on. Yeah. It had a lot more similarities. Yeah, and I, I think he did a really good job. And I, I even think uh, I read that Stephen King liked this version. It made him appreciate the original Kubrick one more. Um, I really only have a few issues. Um, one is that... I like Ewan McGregor in the role, and he's doing a pretty good American accent, but he just, I don't think he quite fit it for some reason. I I wanted the original actor back, you know? I mean, they they did such a good job kind of recreating the movie and getting a lot of people like the guy that looks like Jack Nicholson, um, all these things. They did a really good job of that, and it's like Ewan McGregor just stuck out a little bit. And I also didn't like that his, uh, the friend that helps him dies really fast there's this big battle in the woods and everybody just kind of dies all of a sudden it just felt really forced and, and, and there was it totally changed the pacing for me and you know it's it's not a huge thing yeah. and it's still like the movie but it just those are some things that stuck out you know but but by the time it got to the end it was i thought the ending at the at the overlook was amazing again i, re- I really like that stuff yeah, I so I agree. I think I agree with with all that's been said. Um, one thing I'll just add is that I like uh, so Mike Flanagan directed this. I admire his fine touch with recreating and bringing to life and reimagining some of these slightly older 
films because he was the he was the one who brought um, the haunting of Hill House to Netflix. He just recently he did of course the haunting of Bly Manor as well, and now he's done Midnight Mass. So and Oculus. I think he does things really carefully and really beautifully and with a lot of the love and texture that they deserve. So I just, that really, he didn't set out to make like a gigantic, you know, crazy whiz bang blockbuster, even though of course, like there was a lot of attention surrounding this movie, but he just did it really reverently, which I think is very cool. Well, and the, the aesthetics and the, not graphics, but the the effects he used for some of the magicking where she's searching for the girl. And it's like the she's just standing there and the whole world's turning um, around her as she's like searching. Like just the way he worked the magic in just in ways perspective wise and camera movement wise that I'd never seen anything like it before. It's really, really crazy. Mm-hmm. I want to say that I, I, I really did like the cast. Uh, I just, you know, I, I don't want to, feel, I don't want to sound like I'm trashing on you and McGregor. I'm not, I just, the rest of it was just so perfect. Uh, the, you know, the, they did such a good job recreating it. Um, I can't think of the guy's name, but it's the older man who comes back and is like helping the older Danny. He was the one that talked to him about the shining originally, but yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I, I think the cast uh, was amazing. Yeah. Casting was spot. I, I too, I too felt Ian McGregor was a bit odd yeah. uh, of a cast and I just can't, I just can't unpicture him as Obi-Wan. So that's, I mean, that's just me. <laughs> And he never once used the lightsaber, so it was just crazy. He no, like went for the axe instead, but um, it was hollering, Charles. Oh, hollering. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Anyway, so is that everything we want to say? That is. Yeah. All right. Well, I've had these sitting out here a while. These are Vans I just got. These nice, are nice. Friday Thirteenth nice. shoes. <laughs> See the sides and stuff. Yeah. Crazy. I've been wearing them. For the listeners only, they're like, uh, what type of shoes are those? These are Vans. Oh, man, you said that. Yeah. And then these, my friend Robert got me the Halloween movies on 4K. Um, they just came out. And this is Scream Factory. So uh, this is the first one. And he got me Halloween 2 as well. Right here. The foil cover. So that's nice. pretty awesome. Nice. They have, um, if you open them up, they have the um, the 45 album in there. So you got some vinyl oh, cool. too, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Have you guys seen um, Halloween Kills yet? Yeah, I have. I have not. I didn't see last year's. I haven't seen it yet. I really want to. Well, I I really liked it, um, especially the. Uh, this is not a spoiler, but I love the flashback scene at the very beginning. I thought they did a really good job with that. That's awesome. That makes me excited to see it because I, I yeah. mean, it looked like it was going to be pretty good, and I really liked the the one three years ago. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm no, I I think you'll enjoy it. Then I really do. Okay. Cool. Well, this has been this has been another good year, guys. I, I like these picks too. Good, good conversation. What a good year where you didn't do the podcast with us so far. This is your first one. Yeah, I thought I thought that's where yeah. you were going with Kelly. <laughs> I thought you meant it's been a good year. That's yeah, that too. Um, that goes without saying. All right. Well, please come back you can sooner. Just live on Facebook or listen to the replay on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube by searching "Good Bad Podcast," all one word, or head over to our website. It's just awesome.com. But wherever you check us out, please be sure to like and subscribe. It truly does help. And uh, I've been Mark. And I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. Have a good one and happy Halloween. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye.